he said them three words, and then all of a sudden he just plunged a knife right in my chest, and then at the same time, straight after, in my stomach. As I'm fighting him, the second one's come onto me. So then I, I've got three of them on me. The police have uh, withdrawn um, because they've seen, obviously, the suicide belts and whatever else. So the three of them, mm. not only were they wielding knives that was, were taped to their wrists, yeah. they had suicide vests on as well. Yeah. The whole time that you weren't prepared to run and mm. you were the one taking the stab wounds, seven, eight, nine, ten women, children, yeah. innocents that could have been murdered. They've slit your throat twice. They've chopped half your ear off. They've stabbed you in the ribs and in the other side of your stomach. They've stabbed you in the oh, arm and scraped it, yeah. it down. Thank God you're still here. So I remember the first time I saw you, Roy, on the news where you heroically challenged them terrorists in London near Borough Market, them animals, savages, absolute barbarians. And I thought I would love to shake that man's hand. Mm. And now you're here, I'm gonna do that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what you've done. On that day. Yeah. And I mean that from there. And thank you for coming on to share your story with me. Yeah, thank you for having me. And oh, it's an absolute pleasure. And I know it's not going to be nice to rehash and relive and go back over old ground that you'd probably like to put in the past. But sometimes to put things to bed, you really have got to tuck them in. It was, was it five years ago? It was six years ago, just over six years ago. Just over six years ago, because I remember the fifth year anniversary, you appeared on the media again. That's right, yeah. So there was three terrorists. Yep. And they attacked with their knives 40 plus people. 47 people got stabbed. 47 people they stabbed. Eight, um, eight got killed. And it was all in within eight to 10 minutes. I mean, that's that. So that is how much damage They've done, yeah. these terrorists can do on foot. They killed a couple by the van on the bridge and then they crashed into the uh, That's right. railings and then they started just stabbing them. Yeah. That was all in an eight to ten minute eight window. Minute, so it was eight minutes after it was. Eight minutes. Wow. Just a just the damage that you can cause if you really, really wanna Yeah, it's mad. Cause as maximum damage yeah. as humanly possible. And to stab forty seven innocent people at random yeah. is just beyond the point of comprehension. It's just not just a stabbing, it's just the people being there. Witnessing how much, it? Yeah, how much that's caused in time. How many did they murder? They murdered eight people. So eight people lost their eight lives. Lives, yeah. And so the rest were survivors. Yeah. Was anybody as injured, out of the survivors, was there anybody as injured as you? No, there wasn't. You was the worst one? I was one of the worst ones, yeah. Yeah, because I saw your injuries. Yeah. And they were horrific. I yeah. saw it slashes down your neck. Well, I was lucky to be alive. Yeah. Thank God you are, because you're now here. Yeah. Okay, so as far as your background goes, you're from Peckham originally, aren't you? I'm from Peckham, the Old Kip Road. Um, yeah, I've lived there to about 18 years old. I mean, mum's lived on this same estate for 50 years. Still there now? She's gone now. She moved away a couple of years ago um, to another place. The stairs were getting, killing her, so getting old. Older stairs? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it was a, a estate we were brought up in... Um, we had some good times. That's all we had to do. Um, you had to make the most of it. Well, back in the day, because I'm, I'm, I'm from a council estate as yeah. well. England, London, the UK, it's, it's indisputable that it's a very different country now. Yeah. But back in the day, 
council estates were great. You could leave your front door open, your back door open. The, yeah. the neighbours would pop in, have a coffee. If you got any tea bags, you got any sugar, I can borrow. There was a good community. Especially being young, growing up. Uh, out in the park. Yeah. Playing you, football. So was it, was, it, was it flats? It was flats, yeah. And with, um, they, had one, they had four different um, tower blocks as well. Peckham, Dulwich, Brixton, Clapham Common. That's yeah. all around there. Yeah. And it's some yeah, rough places, but also in amongst real nice places. But also, then we had the Ultimate Road, which was full of pubs, clubs yeah. um, in the 80s. Um, and also the local football team, which was uh, Millwall Football Club, which was just down the road for me, about a mile away. Millwall's reputation for, for <laughs> Probably being where it comes from, fearless it? and ruthless. Probably where it comes from for being in that area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the old docks and everything else and... You had to be tough to, to survive in those yeah, areas, I didn't you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you did have to be tough. Yeah, if you if, if you weren't tough, you wouldn't survive. No, especially in some of them council estates. Mm. Um, yeah, it's easy to be trouble. I mean, not maybe as much now, but it's a different era. Well, obviously, we're going to come to we're going to come to what you've done on that bridge, yeah, and around Borough Market. But growing up in a tough area on a council estate, yeah. so tough area on a tough estate. Probably moulded you to be the man that had the had that had the courage to do what you'd done. Um, I like to think so. I like to think so. Yeah. yeah. When that when when that terror attack took place, let's get into that. Let's get into that. When that terror attack took place, and I don't want to use their names either. There was three men, weren't there? That's right. Yeah, three Mongols. Yeah, three hideous individuals. We won't give them their name. We won't even give them a title. Terrorists is what they are. So I want to, I obviously want to hear about that in, in as graphic a detail as you possibly can, just so, I mean, people understand that the magnitude of it, but tell me before that took place, what would, A, what were you doing there and what sort of headspace? What was your life like? My life was like going downhill at the moment, at that time. I mean, um, that was in June, 2017. Now, six months prior to that, I was just split up with the, um, my girlfriend at the time, the baby's mum, and all that. I just moved back to my mum's house. I was there for a couple, that, couple of months, if that. Then I was going to the pub a lot. I didn't want to put any pressure on my mum's. She's getting old. She's nearly 80 then and whatever. Um, I bumped into um, someone I know, some girl, just told me problems. And she, she actually gave me, um, she said her boy sleeps with her most nights. He don't sleep in his room. We've got a spare room if you want it for a while. So you get yourself sorted. Um, so I, I set up on that, which was like a stone throw away from Borough Market. Um, so at least it was my own room. I can go and put myself in. I'm not going to put no pressure on my mum's. Are you two just friends or was it? No, it was just friends, yeah. No, yeah. no romance? No, no, no. It's just um, someone I know, friendship. And um, yes, they give me a room. So I was there about a month before. I mean, two weeks prior to the um, terror attack, Millwall was at Wembley for a playoff final which we won, and that was quite nice. I went that for the old day. Um, and actually strode through Bow Market late that evening. Um, and that was the evening. There was a terror attack, obviously, at Manchester with the... Um, the Ariane Grande yeah. concert. Yeah. So... Because there was two or three terrorist attacks on the bounce, weren't there? There was one in March, I think, at the Westminster um, Bridge. Yeah. Where the, where the police officer died. Um, he got stabbed, didn't he? Then I didn't realise until the morning that the uh, terror attack happened at the concert. Only when I started reading um, next morning on the news. 
Um, so that's interesting to know because some some people are oblivious to what's going on in the world because yeah. they, A, they don't watch the news or B, they don't believe the news. Yeah. So w when these consecutive terror attacks were taking place, you were acutely aware of them as they were as they were going along. So when the, when the Ariana Grande concert took place, yeah. you was aware of it because you saw it. So you was aware that these attacks were taking place yeah. at that. At I mean, that in time. London, um, you got used to that, especially working from a young age. There was the RA time that was going off in Canary Walls. You had all the police at the um, checkpoints. That's just going to work every day. It was a normal thing in them days. Um, but then there was a long gap. There, there was a there long was, gap. There was, there yeah. was no. There was yeah. no non. There was no terror like that. No, nah, no. Nah. And then like um, two thousand seventeen was quite a quite a bad one. But um, that was two weeks before. So leading up to that, I mean, life's still um, still bad. But I mean, not bad, but I got a roof, a roof over my head. Just trying to get myself is back, relaxing, and just get your head straight. My mate phoned me up on a Saturday. This was the day of the um, the terror attack. Which, the, which one? The second or the... My one, my one. On June the 3rd. Yeah. It was hot day. It was probably the hottest day of the year. Um, the derby was on. And Champions League was on that night. Um, and it was a lovely day. So... And, we, and we had to get a little bit better over the weeks. Where I feel I'm getting a lot calmer. So, you, so you, your life and your mental state is improving? It was, because like, I didn't want to... Whenever I was at my mum's, um, I wanted to be out all the time. Especially going back to your mum's. You know, still the people there. You got the pubs next door. Yeah. So like, you get back into that old habit again, and I didn't want to go back into that old habit, and it was horrible. Um, and I wait to go out to see my mate. What's the um Champions League? So we met up. Yeah, there was about four of us. There was me, and my friend. There was um the manager from the um market pool, which was the pub just around the corner, actually in Bower Market. Um, and there was um an old boy we usually drink with sometimes around there. And then we went out and watched it, but it was so packed in the mm. in the pub. Um, I shot off. I went off at half time. I thought I had to go back and um, get changed and that, and get some more money. Um, it's not the cheapest place around there. Mates just phoned me. He said he's left that place. They've gone around because it was too much to get a drink in there. Um, so they've gone around to the other pub, which is called the Market Porter, which is in the um, in the um, Bowen Market, and. Um, so that was must be talking about half nine there on that evening. And had you been drinking all day? No, no, only since um, when I went out. Um, because I, I say I had a little win, but it was I say that pub was two packed. I'd only met up about seven o'clock. I think the football started about quarter to eight, so I weren't drinking all day. Um, I think over that night I probably had about five pints. Um, which is not bad for... There's a lot of people out there that have five pints every night after work. Yeah, so that's, yeah. that's, 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 a, that's a normal volume, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I think the quote was like about four or five pints, nothing special, which for Saturday, you do that before a game, what's going? I was going to say, on a oh, Saturday, yeah. <laughs> Saturday night, five pints is reserved. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we, we went to the other pub, um, because the other pub was too big, and um, the manager of the pub, he just wanted to make sure the staff Sort of close up about half ten, I think, man. Yeah. And he said, We want to come over to the other pub because, um, while they're cleaning up, finish up. So the four of us went over to the there's a like black and blue, it's like a restaurant, but a little bar there. Um, I said, I'll come over for one or two more, um, before I go home. So, um, because I had a few, we had about two or three pints since then, 
And I thought that does me. I'm not going to go too mad. I'm with someone else's ass. I guess that's too late and take the piss, even though she's got, I've got a key there. So that's time. Then we, the game must have finished. We see a lot of people passing by, running through, which ain't normal because people might be going home to their, trying to get trains home, late trains from London Bridge. But it just seemed like there was loads of people then started running through. A bit more than normal. So, you, so as you're leaving the pub, no, yeah, we, we, we're crossing the road into the other pub where another bar is. And this is when you're seeing people running? Yeah, we're seeing people running. Now, and, it did, and it didn't seem out of the ordinary at first? didn't seem out of the ordinary at first because um, people could be running for their trains. Um, whatever, the game's just finished, people might want to go home. And then it started getting a little bit at normality, which people started running more, more and more people. Now, I've been up to London Bridge. I've been there where the Millwall plays some big games and they there's never had any trouble no more, any places. Not to say Millwall, Millwall weren't playing, but it there weren't. There's hardly any trouble around the borough. Um, it's one in places that are trendy. Um, I don't have seen any trouble up there. So it looks a bit out of all the ordinary. Now where we were sitting at the bar, there's a big wall that divides us and the restaurant, and we're on an angle like like a little corner bit. Um. So then we don't know what's going on, but then we started seeing the, even the restaurant in next door. They're all jumping up off their tables. Um, it's like panicking there. Um, and even then, when we try to have a look, then there's people running in there, trying to get out and hide. So they must have seen the terrace before we did. So were there people running into the restaurant? No, or, running, or out? they're running, trying to run out. Right. Out the back way, out through the kitchens then. Because they must have seen the terrorists then, which must have been then stabbing people outside that bit. Right. Or anyone who come in their, their sights must have been being attacked. My mate's then come up to me. He's, apparently he's told me to tap me on the shoulder and told me to run. Um, somewhere that's what he's told me. Um, as I've turned around asked why, I've seen like three terrorists then coming up to the um, up the ramp. So when you say free terrorists... Well, now we know they're terrorists. I mean, obviously at the time. But when, when you saw these free people, I'm sure they look different to most other people that are in that area. Yeah. Did they stand out? They like stand a... out. I mean, I didn't see the suicide vest on them. Um, a lot of people said they did. Um, I didn't see the knives. Maybe like as well, where I was near the end, like I only went for a couple of hours, but I was probably a bit tired where I haven't been out much. You're tired and you're ready to go home? Maybe, yeah. I only said I was going to go back for one or two. Yeah. Um, so as I've turned around, I've just noticed one of the um, girls who was working. She's just locked the door quick. So, um, like, very quick and run behind me. Um, so they've come up and they've pushed the door. Then they started kicking it, all three of them. And it's bent underneath, like, it's, like, bent over, not gone through. And where was you at this stage? I was sitting on the chair by the um, table. So you're, like, you're watching this? Yeah, I'm watching this. And I'm thinking... I mean, you haven't really got time to think. I haven't done nothing wrong. There's people panicking. Mates told me the shoulder. Um, let's see what happens. So they've climbed underneath. Um, one of them was one of them's walked past me. So when you're seeing these three guys try and kick a door in, you think I've done nothing wrong. So you yeah. think that they must have a personal vendetta with yeah, somebody else, else yeah. and it's not me. So I'm still safe yeah. to sit here and watch watch yeah. it unfold. Yeah, right. And then they come in. One's walked past me. That's um, the tallest one, um, he had an arsenal top on. Then one came up to me and started going on about Allah, Islam. One of the one of the three. Yeah, 
killing their children. And so he engaged in conversation first? He, well, he said them three words, and then all of a sudden he just plunged a knife right in my chest. Um, and then at the same time, straight after, in my stomach. And then I thought, I'm going to have, well, just like fighting, man, fighting mode then. Um, as I'm fighting him, the second one's come onto me and started um, again. And I must be doing so well with both of them that the third one has pulled the third one back from the um, from him going into the restaurant. Um, to, uh, so then I have got three of them on me. Now, which one about between half a minute of fighting, but they're stabbing me, they're slicing me. Um, how I did, didn't go down or how I didn't come out there alive is, I can't believe it. But, I mean, I did get out there. I've got all these stab wounds on me. I've got all these slashes. Because all three of them... Were stabbing, yeah. All three of them had knives. Yeah. And they were big bread knives. Big bread knives. They're apparently now, I know they were strapped to their wrists where, obviously, that's where he stabbed me first, stabbed me in the stomach. I mean, I must have been, as well, doing well for myself because six years later, I'm still getting problems with my tendons. Um, I've got out there, but that half a minute has given so many people, I wish I now know over the years, have got out there because of that half a minute of me fighting them. Yeah. Um, I mean, all, all I'm happy is I've got out there. I'm alive. Um, even though I started getting unconscious then, the blood was pouring for me. Um, I did get out there. There was one other person... I think there was two people that got, they were residing at the time where uh, probably watching me being stabbed that they caught them as they ran out as well. One got stabbed in the throat and that one got stabbed in the arm, I think. Dead? No, they, no, they got out. Both survived? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even they got stabbed in the yeah, throat? Yeah, yeah. Wow. But they they was what, I mean, you can't say who was watching you. I mean, there's people hiding under the tables, this and that. Everyone is going to be scared stiff. Yeah. Beyond fear. That's, it's, it's completely out of the ordinary and yeah. it's unbelievably shocking, which is, which is the tactic. Shock, yeah. horror. I mean, I've run out there, as I said, I must have, uh, must have run into a couple of things as well first because I'm pouring the blood and I'm glad I did run at that time then because. Enough was enough. Enough was, there was no one else left there. Um, as far as I know, I mean, if I slipped on my own blood or saying I'd have been dead. Well, so animals. from from when they was kicking, three of them were, were, were kicking the restaurant door down. Yeah, and you're over here witnessing the whole thing. Yeah, what do you think made them turn their attention to you? Because I'm the first one there. Then I was one who stood there. Are you the closest? Yeah, and I was one who stood there. I didn't, didn't move. Everyone else is running by then. Right. Everyone is running to whatever entrance they can get out. So they've come that way. As they've come up that ramp, obviously, then people from the restaurant have been going, getting out that way. Yeah, so and, one's come at you, then two, then three straight yeah. after. And that third one was probably a good thing because he was heading to the restaurant where he could have ended up stabbing... Women, people. children. Yeah, yeah, there was women and children in and, there. And the one thing that is in, indisputable, that everybody they stabbed, injured and murdered yeah. and tried to were all innocent. Yeah. Everyone was innocent. Yeah. They just didn't discriminate. No, they just they want to kill anyone, don't they? As many, as many deaths as possible. Yeah. So... Your injuries, where, where, so they stabbed you under the ribs here? They stabbed me the ribs there. I've got two stab wounds in the stomach. Um, this one, they stabbed me in the arm and they pulled it, the knife down. That was quite damaging. They stabbed me in the neck. They've cut my ear off. 
it was hanging off. I was going to say, because when I saw, I saw your wounds fresh, which will probably pop up on the screen, yeah. there was two slashes, two big slashes on yeah. your neck at, and the sort of the bottom of your ear it looked, like it looked like it had come off and they'd stitched it back on. Yeah, and the stab was here. Yeah. See, um, I, don't, I mean, it was on steroids, apparently I know now. I don't know much strength that, well, we've done enough damage to us. With strength-wise, how far stab wounds going, um, slicing my arms and slicing my head. And I, I mean, that, all I was worried about was the one that was flushing. They've slit your throat twice. They've chopped half your ear off. They've stabbed you in the ribs and in the other side of your stomach. They've stabbed you in the oh, arm I'm and scraped it, yeah. it down. Thank God you're still here. Yeah. To tell, yeah. To, to tell, yeah. To tell uh, thank, the story. Thank God, no, like, organs were damaged. Um, I mean, I should have weakness in my arms. But all I thought I was, was this one stab wound. Because it kept flushing and flushing, I just kept holding it. I thought it was pouring the blood, mm. but it's the it's the way the other maybe your heart is beating or something. Um, did you real Did you realise you was being stabbed at the time? I did that first one. You yeah yeah. Once that got in, I, that's when I started going into uh, fight mode. I tell you what's bizarre, and I and I'll be very quick because this is about you, not me. But when I when I read that you've been stabbed eight times, I've been stabbed eight times, different circumstances by different people for different yeah. reasons. And it was the first one that I felt and that knew. And, right. the, and the rest after that, it, it, I, I felt nothing. Yeah. So the first one I was aware of, I was being stabbed and, and, or something serious had happened. And then afterwards, the seven punches were a blur. That one was quite bad when they'd gone in and pulled the knife down because they were worried about the muscles and yeah. things like that. I mean, I didn't even know the ear was hanging off until I was in a police car. I mean, that's the whole purpose of them strapping the knives to them. Yeah. So no matter how, how hard they're challenged, they're not letting go. No. They're, they're doing maximum damage. And there's on steroids as well, which now I know, which... Increases your strength. Yeah. But I got out of the door, um, eventually. I went back over to the pub over the road, banging on the door, because obviously that's the only one I know, the first one there. Um, no one would let me in. It was like... And then all of a sudden, like, when I got out of the door... The old place was like a ghost town. Everyone ran. Everyone's gone. Yeah. That's how bad. Like, um, all I've seen is the CCTV of, eventually, of the attacking there, but also, they've never shown me that CCTV of me going down that road. The witness statements said I was walking down towards Bowie Street. Um, as I'm walking down, they must have come out, but they must have, had, which I do know now, they had a confrontation with the... Um, some plainclothes police had just turned up and the police run back. Um, obviously, it's must have seen them. And they've, they've, they've rode back and called for Trojan, which is the armor response unit. Um, and then I see, because my glasses are gone then as well, which obviously the fighting. I'm blinded, I'm blinded as much with them. So you're yeah. right, without your bins, your eyesight's poor. Yeah, yeah. Really poor. Yeah, poor. Um, I see a blue light um, down the end. I think it was like an ambulance car. So I eventually made it to it. I remember banging on the window um, on the passenger side. But it drove off It drove off for me then. Obviously, he must have done who I am. I want his call. They're not allowed to, maybe now I know they're not allowed to stop. But you were visibly banging trouble. Yeah, I was banging trouble. I had blood everywhere. What What colour was the top you were wearing? I'll tell you why I'm asking that, because was blood visible? No, pouring I don't think it was. Up? Okay. Because that would be shocking. If someone could see you were bleeding out and they drove off, you'd yeah. think, wow. That's a good question. Go, what colour? Yeah. Yeah, no, it wasn't like a white top or nothing. It's only because like. I remember every detail of mine, so I'm just I'm just interested. I think it was um, a blue checked shirt. 
someone home got changed because it was getting a bit. So it may, yeah, it may well have not been so obvious that you're bleeding out. Yeah, although the, the, your neck would have been obvious. Yeah, but then when you just hold that when you're in that consciousness, I've never been out in that consciousness before. I'm just thinking about how many how many people looked at you and noticed that you had just been slashed to pieces. There weren't many. It was like ghost hand as I walked out the um out that door, left on your own to bleed out. Yeah, it was like it was like a ghost hand. Um, well, I know, I know I've seen clips of there was the police that confronted them. They're playing clothes, police. They've run them back. The police have. Uh, withdrawn um, because they've seen obviously the suicide belts and whatever else. So the th so the three of them, mm. not only were they walled in knives that was, were taped to their wrists, yeah. they had suicide vests on as well. Yeah. So their end goal was to blow up as many people yeah. as possible yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. With me being blind as I am, I didn't really notice. And um, I come out the thing, I've, the, blue, the ambulance then drove away. It must have been drained so much that I must have been, the consciousness must have been gone again. But within like seconds again, there were three um, four by fours armed response units turn this corner. Now the only time I woke up again, which I didn't even see him, was get down on the floor. I must have been pushed down on the floor, and that's when I heard all the shooting happening. That woke me up again, being pushed down, and then the shooting just woke my head up again, which was so loud next to us. Do, do, do you remember how many shots were fired? Apparently it was fifty rounds shot. Oh, so the police went in and they meant business. Oh, yeah, you went business, yeah. Good. Yeah. I see one they shot, which was on my side. I think the other two were there. So you so you saw one of the terrorists dead? You see one of the terrorists dead, because um, obviously the police were still there. Like, that's how close I was. And you, you must have been in such a state of shock that you weren't even able to appreciate that you're seeing one of them no. an animals dead. No. I mean, I was that close. Um, I'm... I mean, they never show me the CCTV or that road. Um, whether it's something they can do or can't do, I don't know. Maybe because of the terrorists have been shot. I would have thought afterwards they should have done, after the inquest. Well, now there's so many human rights, and it, yeah. it, even those terrorist piece of shit would have had rights. So maybe they're trying to preserve their human rights or covering their own ass. Yeah. Who knows? That was that. The, the shooting as well kept going on. Um. So I think they said they were trying to shoot the canisters or sank, which turned out to be fake. Um, but then the p local police would keep turning up. Obviously, then police are swarming the place. Um, and then I, I, they chucked me in the back of a police car and took me to St Thomas's Hospital. I do, mate, I do, it kept saying to me, because I've seen the body cam of that one. I've seen, they let me see the body cam of, um, in the car. Which was quite funny for being stabbed to pieces, out of consciousness, that must have woke me up again, because he kept saying to me, "Keep hanging on, keep hanging on there, keep hanging on there." Then I must have been touching my ear roll, and he kept telling me, "Don't touch your ear roll," because I kept asking him why. Now all I keep doing is this. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm pouring the blood. I'm trying to hold it in, but it's like a flushing um, thing. And the other thing I remember was going over them bloody bumps. They were flying over. <laughs> And my head was going, <laughs> and I, I must have like, my ribs. I shouldn't laugh, but. But that's when the ribs yeah. I must have felt then. Hmm. That's when I like, first noticed the ribs were like cracked. Yeah. Um, I, I look back on it now, that was, yeah. But I've never, I've never been able to say thank you to the two police officers that blue lighted me to the hospital. I don't know why. I've knocked at Peckham Police Station. I've asked to see if I can say thank you to them. Peckham Police Station is not a 24 hour police station no more. Um, which is madness it's madness yeah madness I mean I've passed on but I've seen over the years over the local can you 
parcel in which he's just afterwards. So hopefully they did. Otherwise I would have been dead if it weren't for the dead quick thinking and taking me to hospital. I mean, that's a nice thing for you to do as well. Just think in amongst all your trauma. Yeah. I better thank them people for saving yeah. my life. Yeah. And then I was rushed into hospital. I think I was in intensive ICU for about two or three days. Probably two days, because that was Saturday night. Monday, I thought it started coming around. I must have been rushed down to um, surgery as well. How many stitches did you have all in all? I think it was about 80, 200 stitches, I think. 80 to 100 yeah. stitches? Yeah. So, what, a dozen here, a dozen here? Um, all in my head. There was, like, staples on the head. Stabbing you in the head. I mean... That was a deep one. So they're, so they're trying to pierce your brain during that attack? Yeah. Oh, they did. <laughs> oh, they, did they oh, get... no, 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 my brain went. It did pierce your brain? Oh, yeah, it did. Wow. Um, I mean, for someone that my life was going downhill, anyway, I was having like, a bit of troubles and things like that. I should have, um, I should have come out of that hospital and think my life's going to get better now. Mm. My life's going to get a lot better. Yeah, from there, you would think the only way is up. And by this stage, will you tell me the famous quote? What did you say to these <laughs> three terrorists? It's a blinder. It was described as as good as we're fighting on the beaches <laughs> <laughs> by someone. It was, fuck you, I'm Millwall. Fuck you, I'm, I'm Millwall. And do you know what? If I did say that, whatever else, it's the sort of thing I say. Um, and be, maybe I said it because of the Arsenal, bloke in the Arsenal top. Who knows? You hear about the terror attacks, you dream about them, but never ever thought it'd come on your doorstep. Well, that was why. Remember, I asked you: Was you aware of the of the of, of the flurry of terrorist attacks at the time? Yeah. Because in my head, I'm thinking: So you know, there's been there's been a couple before the terror attack that you was victim to. So when it was all going off, I was thinking: Did you possibly think, shit, this is another terror attack, or was it just the last? No, thing it was the mind? last thing on my mind. I mean, same as a plane crash. If you hear about a plane crash, you never think it's going to happen to you. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. In the hospital, well, I mean, I was like, I must have been on ketamine and that. They must have put me on that straight away because it was like being on a roller coaster. Yeah. It was like a mad um, time. Um, on the, I must have woken up a little bit on a Monday, Tuesday. The Tuesday morning was on the, in the pages of the sun. Fuck you, I'm Millwall. It was on the TV AM that morning with Piers Morgan. And, and then, as you say, it just blew up everywhere how did you find that did you feel like it diluted the experience and the trauma or did you think yeah i'm i'm being applauded for my bravery which way did it go for you i'm still i'm still in the days at that time i'm still i'm still like ill and um i'm still going down having scans and making sure i'm right I've, i'm glad one or two people went at a time because they wouldn't let no one in unless it was like just family or something. So a couple of mates used to come up. Is that because you, you could still be at risk to an ISIS fanatic? Yeah. Yeah. They, that's so you're, why put, it, you're putting protection? Yeah. They were putting protection on the, on the walls and that and the private, like, on the walls. And, um, and then it blew up. Um, and mate coming and saying, oh, you're going to be famous. <laughs> 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 and I think he's still, I'm still ill to even like think about anything. Yeah. I can't move out of bed. I've got, my arms, you know, all bandaged up um, quite badly because in case some moved anything damaged. My other mate said, um, <laughs> they think they're funny. They think, you stop, stop you touching the nurses. <laughs> and the other one, one come up one morning, I think I must have been asleep. He left me a book, Learn to Run, my mate Aiden. What's it called? Learn to Run. Learn to Run. <laughs> <laughs> 
Did you say to him, I'm Millwall? <laughs> I, I don't no. run. <laughs> no. It, do you know what? When you're in when you're in t- in a situation like that and a time like that, mm-hmm. you need friends that are gonna make light of it rather than compound on your trauma and your stress. Yeah. Make a make a, have a giggle if you can. Yeah, and also um not that it's funny. Not sure the ex phoned me up. I just asked her, right? Um I didn't want the uh, my daughter to come up at all because I was in a bad way. And I see the schools are hearing about it and then and I see the quoted which come out after that Tuesday in the papers. Mm. What's the quote in the in the um, in the school playgrounds a lot everywhere. They're all, they're all saying it. <laughs> Contagious, yeah. Yeah, probably all getting detention. Um and that was on Tuesday, that's about three or four days in the hospital. Um it was the Saturday I was allowed to actually go down um downstairs to have a coffee with about ten of my mates come up. And I was allowed just outside the hospital. Um, with them, and are these are all your football mates. Yeah, yeah, football, like football. With, because uh, just with. just to confirm as well that you're you're a football fanatic. You're not a football hooligan. When you when you go and watch the games, you go down and you sit there amongst the families, and you don't shout and scream and swear at the players. You go and enjoy the beautiful no, game. Probably our own players mostly. Yeah, <laughs> but you but you, you don't go there to cause trouble, do you? No, no. I mean, with with me all, you're gonna have that name connected. Mm. To that every person is. Um, football hooligan yeah. or everyone wants to attack you because they think you are a football hooligan after doing a bit of research on you mm. uh, football hooligan was not what come back to me no I mean you had to start you had to stand up for yourself if someone's coming to you but it ain't you looking for it no you no. go, you go I've, got, I've got the passion for football yeah you go for the game yeah I yeah. love the football um, I say I've got the passion I mean sport with Millwall we're not the best football playing team never have been if if you love it, you love but it. But we're not the glory hunters. I mean, if we if we ever win or good season, we're happy with that. And you, you because you used to play football. Yeah. It's you love it even more. Yeah. So you're going to watch the skill. And over the years, you get to eighty again because you. I think no players worth what they were what what they're getting there. That's obscene. It's it's crazy, isn't it? They're getting movie star money. It's crazy. It's yeah. Crazy. Just to play a game of football, yeah. and you're not even allowed to there even have a gun because you get kicked out. Mm. If you start, yeah, if you start uh, swearing at your own team or or any other team, yeah, and it's the same no more. No, zero. Yeah, it's not like it was in the eighties. The passion's gone there for football. We've all got to sit down, and you know, but and you've got to be mindful. There's there's now women and children that go down there. There's there's a there's a there's a bigger spectrum of people that yeah. enjoy the game now. Yeah. It's different, and I and I and I get the allure of both sides. I get being in the eighties when you're young, full of testosterone, shouting and honouring, but also think it's nice now that families can go and enjoy it, and you you can take your, your son and your daughter, and you know they can watch all the yeah. people they see on Sky Sports. I mean, with Millwall, I mean, any little bit, of, if there's any little bit of trouble, or if someone threw a coin onto a, a pitch, it's in the paper. Mm. I mean, it's, it happens every Premiership game, every week. And you still love your football now. I still love it. I still go. I won't. I don't go as, as much games away games as I like to. Um, Travelling just too much for me. Hey, you've got to be extremely wealthy if you want to start doing that. It's, yeah, it's the yeah, money. It's, That's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, it's stupid. It's unbelievable. You, even the trains now. I mean, we really used to put on the special trains before mm. everything else. Um, so I go all the home games, um, and I love just meeting up with people. But even that's not the same where you got a, you got people who didn't want to come up and selfies, you're missing half the game, um, things like that. I was going to say, yeah, you're going to get noticed by everybody. Yeah. Every Millwall fan. But I've had good I've had good support from every 
probably every club in the country. I bet you have. I, yeah. I, and rightfully so. Yeah. And even though, like, main rivals, West Ham, I mean, everyone has... It's, it's all been good. From you leaving hospital, how quick uh, was you referred to a psychiatrist? There was no level of support. You had your assessments, and then you're just waiting for them to get back to you for follow-ups. But it gets even worse then. Um, six months prior to that, when I was having bad trouble with the uh, baby's mum, I was, used to walk the dogs um, around the Elephant Way, down the Thames, and I come into um, a little argument with um, a bunch of loads of students. There was marching about Donald Trump and Theresa May. Donald Trump coming over here. Right. Now, I've got an husky which snaps at everyone, and I didn't want none of them touching it. So you keep telling them, don't touch the dog. They've got loud music blaring. There's quite a few hundred of them. Got into arguments. I've got a black dog for taking photos of us. Um, I've got two dogs holding. There's a big march going on. They just kept following me. Then I mentioned a few race, like words to the dog for yeah. Oh, I'm all worried about. You, you, you said a few racist words yeah, to him. Yeah. Oh. But they got all this on film. As I've left um, hospital a few, a few days later, they've only sold a, that a story, right, to a newspaper. I got nicked for it. And are you are you racist? No. Nah, I mean, it was just the easiest insult. It's to just you. One of, yeah. Said it. I mean, I fooled them. It's, it's just one of it's one of the moments I've said something. I even got. I even had the marshal on the on the on their on their march trying to chin me, um, mm. and like me, I got dick for it. So obviously, <clears throat> then it's all in the papers. Then obviously, like a lot of people backed off. Then because of that nicking, I just go to see probation. Probation. Then I see not not one probation. I see there's got probation for prevent to come and see me. Is that a program where they want to speak to you and prevent you? From going far right, far right. Yeah. Okay, so you've been a, you've been a, you've been attacked by three terrorists. You've nearly been murdered and slaughtered yeah. by them. Then you've got a little snapshot of you racially abusing somebody. Yeah. You've owned up to that. Fair play to you. Mm. You've also said to me off camera that you're not racist and you didn't mean it like that. It was just the first insult that come to your head. Yeah. But you meant nothing by it. So because of that snapshot, because of who you was attacked by. They're now connecting their own dots yeah. and they're coming to put some kind of prevention course your way to stop you from becoming a far-right lunatic. Yeah, because yeah. I was ill, maybe I was playing dumb, I didn't really clock on about the prevent thing. Um, or it's just them being funny at probation. I didn't know that I had to see two probation officers. One was prevent and one was a normal one. I didn't know prevent had a probation officer, but obviously I do. So they're putting you in the bracket of far-right. Yeah, it's that, but that's when then... Things started going after a month, a couple of months or two, I think when the darkness started coming in, like, the dark nights. The, the depressing nights? Yeah. Started getting me more and more. And then, like, after a few months, I started smashing tellies. Um, I don't know why. I used to get the up in the phone. I used to put the phone through the telly. Ag ag constantly agitated. Yeah. I'm not looking at that one. Yeah, leave my phone alone. <laughs> it's, I don't know why. <laughs> so, like, it, was, it was crazy, but that's when you Ed was playing played with. Well, you're 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 a victim, but you're being made to be some kind of perpetrator. Yeah, um, they're asking me like, could I get either cars to go back and forth? Because I had a lot of hospital problems back and forth at the time as well. So um, I was using different eye cars. They're asking me, um, can you give us the number plates of your car in case anything? I think you know, I just want to be left alone from you. You um, don't trust them now, do you? No, no. And as time's gone on, even now. They said that something in my name, someone's told me that's flagged up, whatever that means. 
um, with because uh, I knew someone who lived on me estate. He's moved away now, and I bumped into his um, sister. I said, can you get him to call me? Because I went to ask something about, he works with the, um, the armed response unit in Kent. And I just went to ask him something, because I was going to go and see the, what my title says, see CCTV. Um, he, he'll call you, he's gone away, but he says something about your name flags up or something, so whether they're allowed to talk to me. Ah, so the, so the, so the police have possibly put you on a list of people that could be a danger to society right in in case you want to seek revenge right that you're unstable because you've got, yeah. you got ptsd i'm just assuming that's that's probably what it is yeah. because if they're if they're if they're bracketing you as far right yeah they're putting you on a prevention course your name's flagged what other reason could it yeah. be other than that they think that you are potentially a danger to society because you may want to seek revenge and you're unstable at the moment which A, is because you haven't got the support, and B, they've not even checked up on you to see mm. how you're getting along. So they're just making assumptions. Even though, even down there, um, they got me like, um, into the um, mental health place down there in Folkestone, and same again, complex post-traumatic stress disorder, no follow-up at the time. And then I've gone back, I've started smashing things in the caravan. I've just, you can ask questions, why? Why do this to your own stuff? Why do that? It's just that you had. Well, this is why you need support and professional yeah. help because the, the, the professionals yeah. will give you the answers that you're looking for, which will then may take the agitation and frustration yeah. away and set you free. Yeah, and they're not smashing the place up quite bad um, that the police were called one night. <clears throat> and, um, when I come back from London, there was like some night bad nights where I was getting like um, bit of nightmares and nightmares. Yeah, and I put I bought about hundred hundred fifty pounds worth of speed. Bought back with us. Um, was this for a night out? <laughs> just for a, a night in. Just like so, I didn't sleep. I like I wanted to stay up some nights and like um, I yeah I got I bought that back with us and that because um, I smashed the place up. The police were called, so. You're fearful of going to sleep. You're then relying on substances for your own personal mm. use. You've then gone and bought 100 to 150 pounds worth of speed. Yeah, just to keep it down there. To, for you, for your personal use, yeah. to stay awake mm. because you're scared of falling to sleep because yeah. of the night terrors. And then in amongst that time, you've smashed the caravan up. Yeah. As a PTSD episode. Yeah. Like they, they come out in all different ways. So I understand that. And then the police come to, you, to your caravan. And then what happened there? They found a speed. Obviously, I've got nicked for drugs what do they arrest you for possession yeah just possession it weren't um thingy and i just got community service because i was already on probation anyway but obviously with that nicking when i'm putting me um the criminal injuries you've got a two-year um timeline so yeah. when i put that in just before the two year which i nearly forgot about it that was then the i've come they took me down because of the unspent convictions because i'm under probation it's more problems causing me, it's causing more problems in my head, mm. which I've never experienced before in my life. Um, so, not only that, then I've had, I've had no caravan, that's wrecked. Um, I've got nothing else, no money coming in. I've gone back to my mum's in Peckham again. So what did they do? So after, after you got nicked for possession of amphetamine, took you down the station? I was inside for three weeks. I was on remand for three weeks. I had to go back to court. You got remanded yeah for possession of of amphetamine yeah, yeah 
they didn't arrest you for intent to supply. No, nope. and I couldn't get no bail. <laughs> um, how, how did they justify reminding you for that? I don't know. I do. I don't. I mean, I had to go back to court at Canterbury three weeks later, which I finally got out at the end. I bet a, a barrister or someone looked at that and was like, "What in God's name are you doing, reminding somebody for yeah. a, a personal amount?" I was, but I couldn't wait until I got back to the next court date to get me to try to get the bail conditions again. Because I think maybe because I had no address, because that wasn't in my name or something, I didn't. Because I'm down on my own, everything and my head's all over the place. Mm. Um, you got no support unit at all. No, nah, no, nah. none. Well, should have had the prevent, <laughs> prevent were there. Yeah, but um, that probably, probably might be part of it. Who knows? I done three weeks. Luckily, I had two nice people in the cell with us. Were so you worried about being noticed in there? Um, I was noticed by. By other people, though, not um, by the Muslims or anything like that. Um, but uh, a place in your head, don't worry about that. Yeah, I was going to say, that, yeah. must be, that must be a scary yeah. place to go. Yeah, it was straight after. Um, but luckily, I had two people in there which I met who didn't know me at all. Um, totally different things. I got on well with them. And let's say that three weeks, but three weeks, like, you know, it's like, it probably then three weeks seems like for three, four, five months. Of course they would. Yeah. Of course. I mean, see, I, see I'll tell you what I would expect. Up to this point now, I would expect what happened on London Bridge. Mm. I would expect you to be taken to hospital, pampered, looked after, then supported, mm. then guided, then been given some bravery award, and then set up nicely once you're repaired and mended, and then slid mm. back into society with a trade or something you can go on to do, because that is our moral obligation as human beings to help the people that need it, build you back up and set you free again. So in my mind, I'm absolutely gobsmacked to hear the version of events that have taken place. No, no support. Off you go. Uh, an old clip has been broadcasted of you saying something you didn't mean and shouldn't have said. It was a silly thing. You, mm. we, we both agreed that, but you don't deny that. Yeah. These things happen. No one's perfect. And then it's got progressively worse for you to the point they're putting you on a, on a prevention course because they're fearful that you could be far right, yeah. an extremist yourself. Then you're, then you're secluding yourself in a caravan because you just want to be left alone. And then you're using substances because you're not getting support. That is your support. And then you're thrown in jail. And here we are. What the fuck is that? Yeah. And they say, come out. I've got no caravan. Uh, I have to be back backpacking with mums. Um, but the air was so bad, I mean, even to try and cross the road, even lights in your eyes. Noises? Yeah. Sudden it was, noises? It was just totally different, being a light in a total new world again. Mm. Got back to my mum's, okay, I mean, I've got there, yeah, put up. Luckily, um, there was a girl, some girl I know, Tracy, um, who I've known for a while. Um, she put me up, then she took me over to her ass. Um, I mean, she had her daughter there, her grandkid, but she had a room for me, like, well, I've known her for years, but ended up moving there. And eventually, slowly, slowly, because you get that people helping you, it started getting back to little bit by little bit. You started to feel like Roy again. Yeah. Don't worry about that. I still smashed one of her tellies out of a rage. I spied a new one next day. Weren't nice. Nah. So, you're, um, so, it's, so the PTSD's stuck, still haunting you? Yeah. It's still... She's, like, she sticks by me. We're still... See each other. I mean, we can't probably live together. Maybe I can't live to anyone really properly. 
I think until you get <clears throat> proper support, you, you are possibly going to be a bit of a liability. And not, mean, not through your own fault either. You are a victim of circumstance. Yes. Yeah. I mean, luckily, in the, in the meantime, I got this about two years ago uh, when I was in a B&B over in Paddington. It was a different council. They give me talking therapies. A lovely bloke, but he helped us a little bit by going over things, and um, which was good. I think that one-eyed dog has done me a favour as well. Yes, I mean, I mean, you know, they say it's good to talk. I mean, it really is. I mean, just, I mean, just even this podcast, and mm. you feel a little bit lighter. Yeah, the fact you're just getting it off your chest, and someone's listening and taking note. A lot lighter, and also over the last, as you said, the fifth anniversary. Remember, it's getting better. I put Facebook back on. Now we're now never. So like, you're ready to mingle again with the public? Yeah, because I didn't want to read everything over the years and look at everything. Um, Cases saying I don't like and I've got the hump. But there's, there's authors that are trying to get hold of me and so And I, luckily I picked um, the right one, which was Dean, who'd done, um, he's a ghostwriter. Well, the book was ghostwritten, The Lion of London Bridge, we put it up again, Roy Lana. And, 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 and people can buy this on Amazon. Yeah, on Amazon. Amazon. If you want to read that, read more about Roy's story in depth and I'm sure it's got the aftermath yeah uh, the damage glad, is done I'm glad I've done that because with Dean um, we went over every day or every other day the, the same what we're doing now and thrashed it out yeah thrashed it out again and, and it was good like good and since the book has been written it isn't in that book um, last May I finally got um, the Royal Humane Society silver medal which has been well approved by Princess Alexander, which is the Queen's cousin. There's not many of them all stick on that balcony now, but she was one of them. Yeah, good. So um, I've got that to pick up in next May. There's still the um, George Cross. Someone's put a nomination for me. I just need more people, though, to, to write into the honours department to give my support for the nomination. And hopefully... Do you need X amount of signatures for that? You, it's not so much a petition. It's just give support of nomination. Then all of a sudden, um, last June was the sixth anniversary. Um, one of the girls who written there, she wrote me a thing of about a year ago or a few months before that. I put it in the book. Thanks to you, I'm still alive. I don't even know the girl. Um, she just sent me this message. I thought it was one of the staff or something. Yeah. Um, but one of the papers picked it up in June and flew me over to Paris to meet her. And it, she was, she's an Italian girl. She lives in Luxembourg, but she's in a restaurant in Paris. So we had a good chat and she goes, if it weren't for you that stood up, we'd have been dead a lot more. This is what people need to realise as well. The whole time that you weren't prepared to run and mm. you were the one taking the stab wounds, that could have been four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten women, children, yeah. innocents that could have been murdered. Yeah. So you have saved lives. Yeah. So the recognition is necessary. And she said, like, as soon as she got out, as soon as she got out of the door, her and her friend, they run all the way to Tower No one stopped running. No one. That's how bad it was. Everyone just kept running and running and running. Um, but it's nice of her because otherwise she didn't write that thing to me. Or if I didn't go meet her, I would never have known the full extent of what I did. Yeah. Oh, it's heavy what you've done. It, it's it's powerful yeah. and it is. I mean, that is. Courageous. Because we had no, you've had no police, or you've had police transport police there. Okay, I mean, didn't you say there were some police that even retracted? Yeah, yeah, they retracted. Um, 
Uh, they said they got no tools for the <laughs> in yeah. comic was there no tools for the job. Yeah, neither did you. No, no. Neither no. did you, brother, and you and you stuck it out. And is it fair to say that obviously time is a healer, but since you've got a support a support unit now and you're speaking about it more freely and openly, yeah. <clears throat> are you feeling better in yourself? Even I'm not living with Tracy, um, girlfriend. Um, she helped me over the years. Also, help me put me back as well, um, as they do. Yeah. <laughs> Dangerous thing, but... Can't live with them, can't live without them. No. Um, but we fucking love them. Yeah, yeah, can't do without them. And, I mean, I can't thank the girl for putting me in straight in the first place. Yeah. And taking me in, especially taking me in when she's got her own daughter there with her own grandkid there. And, yeah, it's nice. <laughs> well, the fact that she's done that, obviously, it's a clear indication that you're a good person. Otherwise, yeah. she wouldn't even entertain the idea. Yeah. So, you, yeah, you're clearly a good man. And now you've got you've got a big, big, strong dog that keeps you company. One eye, girl. Um, no one wanted her. I think that was using her for something, whatever they do. Breeding them. Maybe, yeah. Um, but I just, I see her. I went to look after her for a week or two until they found a new job, a new place. I just couldn't leave her, get let her go. It's done me a favour. It gets me up in the morning. I have to get back. Can't go out all the time now. So it's done me a favour. That helps me in my head as well. Yeah, not 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 the behaviour of uh of a big racist football thug that no, is, I is think it? I think the free free um season ticket me all give me gives me more stress yeah. than ever. <laughs> yeah. Well listen, I uh I know I know the taglines they've given you aren't true. I know you're not a football hooligan. I know you're not a racist. You wouldn't be welcome in my house if you were if you were, that's for sure. I know you're a kind guy. I know you've had some serious trauma. I know you've had very little support. And I hope that you get more support, you get more love and care, more acknowledgement. And yeah. I hope your book does wonders. And I hope this really helps and inspires other people. And I hope you yeah. absolutely flourish in the I world One day that I can give something back. Like, you, are, you are giving something back. This podcast, you're giving back. Yeah. Hopefully, we like, never have been... This book... You're giving back. Yeah. I hope you never have them sort of like attacks again, but you know me, I want anyone want anyone that's going through that what the attack and the after effects again. You know what I mean? Just, just I don't know. I survived it. And anything you want to say about the future? What 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 do you think lies ahead for you? Going there and watching a football game in peace. Simple life. <laughs> nice simple life. Have a nice simple, yeah, yeah. And have a giggle. Yeah. That's all you want in life. Nothing else. Totally agree. Roy, it's been a pleasure. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks for coming I appreciate on. Appreciate you. And uh, we'll stay in touch. No problem. We'll do. Cheers, brother. Thank you. Thank you, mate. Thank you.